0: This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. Bum, 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 Lila's Lessons! Hey everyone,
1: welcome back. I'm Madison, and today I'm with... Me! I don't remember who you are ever.
0: Oh, sorry.
1: (laughs) I guess I'm just
0: not memorable. (laughs) The name of this is? Lila's Lessons!
1: Oh my gosh, Zetas Lapitas. It's not funny. Okay, so today we're talking about what? Sharks and rays. Now, I always thought it was the, the, the sharks and the jets. What jets? Benny and the jets.
0: Uh, Mom, I don't know what that is. And 50% of people watching won't know either.
1: <laughs> no one's going to get my uh, West Side Story jokes perfect, nor, nor my Elton John jokes. No
0: one perfect. ever gets your jokes. No one. Thank you. All right.
1: So let's jump into it. So what are sharks?
0: They're fish with cartilage for their skeletons. They've been around for 420 million years. Um, the megalodon is considered one of the first modern sharks most of them are carnivores whale sharks eat by filter feeding bonehead sharks
1: which is like uh they're called the do uh, the to hammerhead sharks or the bonnet sharks
0: they're omnivores sharks live all over the planet at a wide variety of climate most live in salt water but bull sharks they can go in fresh water
1: yeah they're uh they're kind of ridiculous and we'll talk about them later right well, and sharks also have very recognizable features, like the, you know, the dorsal fins. Uh, they have that, uh, what's it called, the, the caudal fin. They have the pectoral fins, you know, on the sides. But they, they have that really distinct body shape. I think, I think that's the thing that really makes them recognizable. Yeah, so that's sharks. But we're also talking about rays. So what are rays?
0: Rays are relatives of sharks, so they have the same cartilage for the skeleton. They've been around for 150 million. Most of them are carnivores, but the giant manta rays is an omnivore.
1: For the most part, they tend to eat similar diets as sharks, but it's not a guarantee, right? Yeah, yeah, just like sharks. <laughs> um, the other interesting thing about rays, though, is that they have distinct features, too, just like sharks. You know, they have that elongated flat body where you see the pectoral fins uh, are, are flat uh, with the body kind of one uniform shape. You know, the dorsal fin, you know, is still present, but it's not as pronounced. And it actually ties into that whole like tail region, too. And I think that's what makes rays really interesting, too, is those long tails. Um, OK, so can I ask you another question? Yeah. What makes sharks special?
0: They have um, sensors on their nose called the ampullae of Lorenzini. They help it sense, like, electricity and movement in the water for hunting.
1: Yeah, so they can even, like, even if you're completely still, they know you're there.
0: Their dorsal fins help them swim through the water.
1: Well, yeah, it's those recognizable dorsal fins that cut through the surface.
0: Yeah, that most people scream, Sharks!
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, what
0: else? They have lateral lines.
1: Those allow them to kind of sense the movement in the water too, right? They can sense the, the shifts in the current. Yeah. And so they can feel where things are nearby.
0: Really good for hunting. Yep. They have gills, five on each side. Yeah. So
1: they can live underwater and still get oxygen.
0: Yeah. They have a lot of different kind of teeth. For example, they have They have regenerative teeth because they they lose a lot of teeth in their lifetime.
1: Well, we saw one estimate, like it was in like hundreds of thousands, right?
0: Yeah. They have incredible strong jaw power. Bow sharks are, their jaw strength is over 1300 PSI.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like we're talking like bones get crushed.
0: They have rough scales. Like you don't want to go up and rub a shark, obviously, but. No, it's not very fun. It would hurt if you do.
1: I mean, it's not going to like cut your hand, but it's not comfortable.
0: They have a strong sense of smell, which helps them because they can smell their prey far away.
1: Yeah, like white sharks can smell seals like 10 miles away.
0: They have...
1: All sorts of teeth, right?
0: Yeah, all sorts of teeth. Serrated teeth like a straw, the great white shark, and the bull shark.
1: I think tigers have them too. There's a whole group of them, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dagger teeth like a mako.
1: Yeah. And those ones are like really good at piercing and like pushing into things.
0: And whale sharks have like tiny teeth, but there's like over 300 rows.
1: Yeah. So they don't have like baleen like whales. They don't actually filter feed. They just have these like small little teeth. Like... They have
0: sharks have camouflage, some have counter shading, some have just for rip- shading, like uh, or just rip- camouflage, like counter shading would be like a great white, a bull shark.
1: Yeah, where it's dark on the top and lighter on the bottom.
0: Uh, disruptive would be like a leopard shark, a tiger shark.
1: Yeah, spots, patterns, stripes. Yeah. Their bodies also have like that low water resistance so they can kind of push through it.
0: Yeah, they can um, push through water. Their cartilage skeleton makes them lighter and easier to swim just swim through the water. Also, reef sharks like hunt and pack.
1: Yeah, great behavioral adaptation.
0: They heal really fast.
1: Well, and I was watching some stuff about like uh, white sharks. Great in different, white. Uh, yeah, about white sharks. Uh, and they, they're, uh, like their scars can heal over a year. And sometimes like major scars will be gone. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. They migrate. Which
1: is really great. Uh, you know, having different areas to hunt, different areas for breeding. You know, that is definitely a behavioral adaptation as well. So what makes rays like special? Because they're kind of different, but similar, right?
0: They have barbs on the tail. So if you get stinged by a ray, most people think it's just like they whip with the tail and it hooks. But no, there's actual barb and it like goes into your skin. You have to get it removed. Yeah,
1: it's not very uh uh they have flattened dorsal fin that allows them to kind of uh, glide a little bit easier. Well and the fact that their their pectoral fins like become part of that full along body shape allows them to kind of it almost looks like they're flying (laughs) so what about their teeth
0: um they have really really strong teeth and and most people wouldn't expect it which makes sense to me because if they're eating like clams then they have to crush that shell they also have the sensors but it's on the bottom of their mouth and it they feel the electric too. They also know you're there. Race have counter shading.
1: Yeah, so they're, they're darker on top and, you know, the lighter on the yeah. bottom.
0: Yeah, they have no swim bladder.
1: Yeah, so the swim bladder allows uh, fish and such to regulate their buoyancy so they can move up and down without having to put in a lot of effort. Whereas rays actually are lacking it, so it allows them to kind of sink and stay at that bottom for a longer period of time.
0: What helps them find food? They, like sharks, also have lateral line? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also have that lateral line, uh, which allows them to kind of sense uh, the movement in the water as well, Like, so they can sense like clams and stuff as they swim by. And then they have that cephalic fins, which is part of the manta rays, which are those Uh, special fins at the opening of the mouth that they kind of use to guide like
0: scoop in food
1: yeah and there's not so much scooping it's almost like guiding things into their open mouth as they're filter feeding
0: they um some of them filter feed like the manta ray
1: yeah yeah um
0: they they migrate island hop which ties into the game because
1: yeah you island hop with them in ultra sun ultra moon yeah and we watched a lot of specials about them doing that where uh, that's how they like track their movement, their migration, uh, and you know, when they're breeding. And it's a way for researchers to track, you know, populations too. So they also I wanna tie in and you and I are talking about this. Uh sharks and Indian rays have symbiotic relationships with a couple different things. Yeah. But we're gonna talk about two.
0: Remorse and cleaner grass.
1: Yeah. And we'll talk about remoras in a little bit, but remoras are the foundations for remoraid and cleaner ras uh, are, are a specific type of ras that actually eat the little scraps between the teeth. OK, so let's move on and talk about the Pokemon, though, because. OK, so who are the shark and ray Pokemon?
0: Peto, We think it's a bull shark.
1: Well, you and I agreed on like four different things that we thought could be a basis for it. Uh, bull sharks, right, because they're super aggressive. They're found in fresh and salt water in those games. They got the strong jaws. Um, and I do think Sharpedo matches that super aggressive because anyone who's played, uh, uh, anyone who's played Sword and Shield?
0: Watch out for Sharpedo.
1: <laughs> yeah, they see you and they're coming. They're coming right for you. It doesn't matter what you're doing.
0: Um, we also think it's the white shirt because of the, it has a bullet-shaped body and a strong sense of smell.
1: Yeah, and that fits like the torpedo-like body that moves through the water incredibly fast. And that strong sense of smell, you know, again, we just told you, they can smell seals up to 10 miles away, which is insane. Um, what else? We we thought there was a few other things that might be.
0: Um, the mako shark, because it's fast.
1: Incredibly fast. And the makos we found were like moving at like 50 miles per hour.
0: And we think that mega shark beetle might be the saw shark. Yeah, and we're
1: not sure what the saw does. We
0: we think it might dig or be defensive
1: yeah maybe it's like unturning little sea creatures to eat or it might be to like sway like hey don't hit me don't don't mess with me the next pokemon we are going to talk about is mantine and mantike and they both have the same connection
0: um they're both a man ray yeah
1: pretty sure about that one
0: they have a symbiotic relationship with the remoraid which is remora
1: um the next one we got is Garchomp, which i know some of you are going to be like wait that's not a shark it totally is yeah we're going to argue it so well though <laughs>
0: We think it's a hammerhead shark.
1: Yeah, just the head shape. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what are the adaptations for these Pokemon? So Sharpedo, what adaptations do they have?
0: They have jets and can swim at like 75 miles per hour.
1: Which is like over twice as fast as a Great White.
0: Oh my God.
1: They're incredibly fast.
0: Prey doesn't even see it.
1: Well, I'm trying to think of like, how would you as a swimmer get out of the way? Like, what are you going to do? There's nowhere to go.
0: Yeah, you would just like... Uh, let it attack you.
1: You better have a flying type nearby. As so get out of the water as fast as you can. Yeah. What else?
0: They are aggressive. Like short in Sword and Shield, they're like, watch out for Sharpedo. Don't go in the water. Sharpedo's gonna get you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which really, you know, is an adaptation that bull sharks have, too, where they attack anything.
0: Because it just wants to protect them.
1: Well, it's not even about protecting. it's That's just their adaptation to find food. You know, you attack everything and you're likely to get something.
0: <laughs> its teeth apparently grow back instantly. I and mean, That's I kind mean, of scary. Yeah.
1: But, like, real sharks do that, too. We learned about, like, they have, you know, some of the sharks have, like, six rows of teeth and one falls out. The next one pops up.
0: <laughs> they can tear apart steel and... I think that that's, like, them adapting to humans being in the ocean.
1: Ooh. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's an adaptation to, like, protect territory and become territorial.
0: From humans. Hmm. Mega torpedo has spines and fangs. Defense, maybe?
1: It might be defense, yeah. We're not really sure. It kind of ties into that That saw shark. We're not
0: 100% sure. Yeah, we don't really know. Um, Counter shading, again. One color on the top, one color on the bottom.
1: So if you're above it, it blends in with the water, and if you're below it, it blends in with the, you know, the light. Yeah. So it's harder to notice that it's coming for you. Yeah. Until it's too late. Okay, whatever.
0: They have rough skin, so don't try to rub its nose because it might use rough skin.
1: Well, yeah. So rough skin is that ability, right? And it, and if you rub it,
0: it's rough. It hurts you, so don't rub Tarpedo's nose.
1: Yeah, Pokemon were, was a little bit too on the nose with that ability. <laughs> uh, okay, so our next one we're going to talk about is Mantyke. And they have different, we think there's different adaptations than Mantyke.
0: Yeah, countershading.
1: Yeah, both of them have the countershading, and we've described countershading quite a bit.
0: They have a symbiotic with Remoraid, so they can't evolve unless they're with Remoraid.
1: And we think that relationship, too, is, is, is an adaptation as well, because, you know, Remora's help clean sharks and rays and yeah. they take care of bacteria, uh, you know, harmful things that are going to hurt the sharks or rays. And having that remora there, they're cleaning and keeping the shark in, and ray in pristine condition. And the shark and ray just has to kind of tolerate it being there.
0: <laughs> Unless it eats it. No, 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 no. All
1: right. So what else about mantike?
0: The pattern on it's- back just like m- manta, rays. manta rays have a, a marking on their belly that shows where they're from
1: yeah and it's a way for them to recognize others from their yeah. colonies
0: yeah
1: and type does that but it's on its back and they're different depending on where they're from yeah and that's useful for like you know uh when they're mating and looking for potential partners, you know, you know which partners are going to be safe and not safe. They're like, I don't want you, but you're okay.
0: It can sense the flow of water with its antenna.
1: Which kind of fits uh, manta rays for real with the lateral line. Yeah. They, they can sense the movement or the flow of the water itself and know, you know, how to get into those currents. And I think that's a great adaptation for knowing where prey is and also being able to, you know, move faster if you're able to get into the currents.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So then, we also have mantine, which again has the countershading and the remoraid, but there's a few other things too.
0: It can swim with its mouth open, just like a manta ray when it's filter feeding.
1: Yeah, well, and I don't recommend our listeners at home swimming with their mouth open.
0: No, don't do that. It can jump right out of the water three hundred feet. I don't think that's an adaptation, because the sun might burn its skin. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I know you and I were talking about that because it I feel like it's an adaptation to get away from predators.
0: If it dies, it's not.
1: I think that's fair, too. I think you're right because a lot of these animals can't handle being out of water long. So having its skin dry and having that direct sunlight contact actually may be counterintuitive. But it's still cool that they can do that and that they island hop just like the real uh, manta rays.
0: Yeah, yeah. They island hop just like the real ones.
1: Yeah, that's cool, too. And then, so the next one we're going to talk about is...
0: Squirtam. It's a shark.
1: Yeah, there's multiple reasons we're saying it's a shark.
0: It has rough skin.
1: Just like a shark.
0: Yeah. So, again, don't rub its nose. Oh, mm, but I want to. Don't.
1: Now, it flies as fast as a jet, which is not like a shark, no. but we're going to keep going.
0: Scales that reduce the drag. Which is
1: like a shark? Yeah, it right? moves is like through the water shark. easily. Now, it has wings that create blades to cut through trees, not like a shark. However,
0: it has sensors on its head and feel Lorenzini, shark-like.
1: Yeah, the fact that it can sense other things is kind of spot on with the shark.
0: It can live in, no, because what if the volcano erupts once it's in the volcano? Well, it can
1: live in volcanic mountains, right? Which I think is an adaptation because um, the thing with, with volcanic regions is that it's a it's a double fold right like yeah. not everything wants to live there so you, you know you don't have to worry about other predators but also those the soil around volcanoes can often be really rich in nutrients so there's there's lots of like things to prey on because you know things like to eat the plants
0: i don't think it's an adaptation because what if a volcano erupts while it's in the volcano
1: i mean that's true too but i'm sure because they have that ampullae of Lorenzini that they can just be like wait nope nope i'm getting out of here bye guys <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: and then they fly as fast as a jet. They're out of there.
0: Yeah,
1: and the last thing that makes it like a shark though,
0: <laughs> it can swim through sand. Land shark.
1: Yeah, it's a land shark, which is you know kind of a a thing, but it's I don't know. It fits the shark. Yeah. And I want to hug it. All right, so now we get to the big part, though. This is the hard part, and we have a lot to talk about. So for this one, there's actually a lot of threats that we need to talk about and a lot of action steps that need to go in here. Yeah. And so we're going to go into them as much detail as we can in the time we have. So one of the first ones we're going to talk about with threats
0: is the fin trade.
1: Yeah. And fin trading is really a problem because while a lot of sharks are listed as threatened or, you know, at risk, it doesn't prevent the fin trade. And and the fin trade, I was listening to uh, an interview here with a researcher who did work with this in like Hong Kong. And, you know, these become black markets a lot of times. And, and so is, it's that's de- really bad. Well, and so the issue is that even if there's regulation, there's still a demand. And we know that the fin trade has a demand because there's a couple different things. One is that medicinal medicine we've talked about in previous episodes.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, that
1: traditional medicine where people think if you eat the shark fin, it's going to give you benefits. Uh, but Maybe you were telling not. me about whale shark fins.
0: Yeah. One of whale sharks have two threats. One of them is because they are so big, people, they hunt them for their fins as like, I'm tough. I hunted a whale shark. This is my trophy.
1: You know what, though? It makes me think of my favorite trophy story. That father and son that like to hunt big game in Africa. I think it was last year. They were hunting lions, except this time the lions got them.
0: It, it's Win sad. for the lions. No, mom, that's a bad thing.
1: Win for the lion. No. Okay, so other threats they have
0: overhunting them.
1: Yeah, people are hunting them, which is beyond a sustainable level. And that's a problem because if the population can't repopulate at a high enough rate, then it declines.
0: And they won't be there. That's
1: true, too. And we need them. Well, as apex predators, they do such a vital role to ecosystems because they keep everything in balance.
0: Also, overfishing is a threat, too, because if you fish are overfishing a fish, sharks and rays eat fish. And if they don't have enough food, they don't. we don't know how they're going to survive.
1: Yeah. Huge risk. I know netting is another one we learned about that when they're doing drag fishing, uh, netting can be a huge problem, uh, especially with rays. I was learning about uh, manta rays. They, because they do that flip, that, uh, that barrel roll flip, if they get caught into a net, they actually entangle themselves more and it causes more damage to the creature.
0: Yeah which is really terrible. Yeah, it's not great. Climate changes one of them too because sharks and rays are cold-blooded and they're close to the same temperature as the water. So if the water's too hot, they'll get too hot. If the water's too cold, they'll get too cold.
1: And, and not only that, because they're migratory animals, like things like whale sharks, mm-hmm. it changes ocean currents and it changes you know, their ability to navigate.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really not good.
1: They also have risks with recreational shark fishing, which if you don't know what that is, that is, so I know it does happen in florida we're watching specials about it where people will fish from the beach and they try to catch it's like a catch and release of sharks but when what ends up happening is that even though they've released the sharks it either causes so much distress that the shark ends up having difficulties afterwards because their body essentially goes into shock and their blood becomes super acidic or they get injured during the catch and release and they can't heal from certain injuries
0: it's it's not good habitat loss is another big one
1: Yeah, if they'd got nowhere to go.
0: They can't have a habitat if they got no habitat.
1: Um, And we both actually, for this episode, we both did our own learning separate. We both watched and read different things separate. (laughs) And we came back today and we're talking together. Um, by is a big one too. And both of us were talking about this where yeah. it has to do with other fishing. So like, uh, tuna fishing, they'll accidentally sometimes with the drag lines catch sharks. And what ends up happening is that with bycatching, when they bring the shark in, they actually cut off the fin.
0: And then they just let the shark go.
1: They toss the shark back out. Yeah. And without the dorsal fin, it can't really survive. Yeah. And so they end up dying and, uh, you know, either through the shock and trauma and blood loss or just the inability to continue hunting. And that's a really big issue. And it is something that I know conservationists are looking at. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. Okay. So also though, sunscreen, 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 sunscreen.
0: Sunscreen is poisonous to reefs and the sharks that live in reefs, it can hurt them if there are no reefs.
1: Yeah. Without your home, you have nowhere to go. And that's a problem. There's not, we were looking everywhere and we didn't see a whole lot of direct connections between sunscreen and injuries to sharks themselves. But, but because it hurts the habitat and the fish and the food they prey on, that's a problem. Yeah. And the last big threat?
0: Media betrayal. So, there are movies and TV shows make sharks out to be these monsters that they really aren't. They're not monsters. They're creatures that we should preserve and save. And Jaws and a lot of shark movies just makes it seem like sharknado. It just makes us seem like they're t- really terrible and that we should kill them all. But we really shouldn't.
1: Which is sad because like, they're not really a threat to us.
0: They're really not. Average is 10 humans killed per year and we kill a hundred million sharks a year.
1: Yeah. So it's not really proportional to the number of, the, of human deaths versus shark deaths. We are killing them at unsustainable rates. Uh, if sharks actually killed humans at the same rates we kill them, the entire human population would be gone in about three years. Yeah. It's insane. Because we don't want to end these episodes ever on a down note, right? No. So what are some action steps that we can take to saving sharks?
0: Just educating people can be really important. Um,
1: That's the big one, everything said. Yeah. Well, and there's two different kinds of education. So educating the public, which is like what we're doing right now, or what books do, what movies do, documentaries, like Shark Week, whether you hate it or love it, and you and I have mixed feelings on it. (laughs) But there's also education dealing with with, um, I was watching about education with recreational fishing, where researchers were actually educating the people doing, uh, you know, the shark fishing in Florida, and it actually saw an improvement in, you know, shark uh, uh, mortality.
0: Yeah, you could help by educating people. It's really important just to let people know that it's happening.
1: Yeah, and how to prevent it. Yeah. Yeah. So I know uh, in some states too, in some areas, they like post signs and guides what to do, what not to do.
0: We can make more sanctuaries for them.
1: We talked about that with like a lot of the big cats too. Mm -hmm. Having safe areas actually brings populations back, which, you know, improve the ecosystem.
0: And obviously that's good.
1: Yeah. We want that because when shark uh, populations are healthy, the entire ecosystem is healthy. So we can also do like government protection. So, you know, us being you know, acting as activists, to voice to our governments, to have protections. It's really good. Well, and we need more government protections because while some countries may have laws that protect sharks, others may not. And so it needs to be a more unified approach. And I was definitely listening to about the illegal trade in Hong Kong and about, you know, government starting to crack down. And researchers have played a huge role in that because they've helped develop like DNA testing kits so they can identify different types of sharks and they can recognize what type of sharks are being traded so that they can target to ensure that there are protections for sharks that we don't want traded. And we can even outlaw, you know, governments can outlaw trade. It's a really simple solution. simple
0: thing, just outlaw sharks fin trading. Well, and it depends
1: too, like there's also some shark species that it's okay to fish and hunt And some that aren't. So again, that goes into that regulation. And we can, you know, one of the big things we can do is asking our governments to actually enforce laws that they have.
0: Asking to help. Um,
1: You know, crack down on people who are breaking the laws, you know, step up. I think that's a huge thing.
0: Proper fishing and netting materials can also help.
1: Especially when I think looking at the recreational uh, fishing, that you want to use circle hooks uh, and not the j hooks and that's because sharks like to swallow things whole and if you use a j hook it's actually going to get caught on the intestinal lining where a circle hook because of the shape will actually get caught on the side of the mouth so it's easier to get out and so when we say proper materials we can also talk about the type of hooks so we don't want to use something that's rust resistant you actually want to use materials that will rust so that if it gets caught it will just rust and fall out which is really really helpful uh, and it also ties into the netting and, and fishing line, too. We want materials that we can break easily, materials that uh, you know are reflective so that sharks can see them and avoid them and raise as well.
0: Sustainable fishing can also help, too, because if you're not hunting all the fish that they eat, then we eat them and they eat them and there's enough. Tracking sharks and researching them can help, too.
1: Yeah, sharks and rays, there's still a whole lot we don't know. Yeah. And the more we can study them, the more we can understand how to help and preserve them. Finally, the last and most important thing that needs to happen
0: is Pokemon need more Strike and Ray Pokemon to raise awareness.
1: Yeah. Come on. We're getting a new fox every generation.
0: A new wolf, new fox, new cat.
1: We haven't got, we only have like one real shark. Yeah. And that's kind of insane to think about when you think about how long they've been around how important they are yeah how their their variety i do hope that you know the designers for the games and pokemon themselves really do start to think more about how their designs and their choices do impact awareness of living creatures in the real world yeah yeah we want people to know about them because they're pretty awesome so what about you is there anything else you want to add here
0: no about
1: sharks and rays
0: that they're cool and
1: they're cute. Uh, anytime I, you know, people talk about like if you could have any exotic pet, I'm like, I want a reef shark because I just want to hug it. Um. I know I shouldn't. People, please <laughs> don't go hug sharks. Don't no, hug no, sharks. No,
0: no, no, don't do that. Do not listen to her.
1: Yeah, don't hug sharks. Bad <laughs> yeah. idea. So that said, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on.
0: wireless lessons.
1: Bum 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 bum.